It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience. And without robbing you of the joy, of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors. Sean here with you as always. And on today's show, we are talking about a blowout win over a very bad San Antonio Spurs team by your potentially very good Toronto Raptors. We'll talk about Fred Van Vliet, who had 33 points in this one, continuing his all-star level form. We're also going to talk about the dude of the game, as we always do. Rapid fire through some other stray thoughts on this one. And we're going to do it all with Ashley Docking, one of our favorite guests of the whole wide world. People have been clamoring for her return every since she last was on the podcast so she's here and we're going to talk raptors spurs all coming up on today's episode of locked on raptors oh like because when i shot i expected to make it so like i don't shoot kind of miss you are locked on raptors part of the locked on podcast network your team every day What's going on? Welcome to episode number 1090 of Locked On Raptors for, uh, I guess it's Wednesday, January the 5th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure to check out, subscribe to, rate, follow, review, all that stuff on your favorite podcast apps. The podcast is free and available on all of them, so please go there. And of course, you can hit that big red subscribe button on YouTube as well which very much 
helps me out in particular. It makes my ego very, very uh, satiated. Uh, and as always, a big thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And on today's show, we are digging into a big-time win for the Raptors over the San Antonio Spurs, 129-104 in Toronto. And uh, the Raptors are now 517 and 17 And we're going to talk about the game with today's guest ashley docking at smart ash on twitter uh just a general sports media tycoon personality <laughs> star all of the above ashley how's it going really wonderful thank you i love the introduction it's very nice that you got my mom's emails when she was clamoring for me to be on the show again <laughs> that's nice i'll tell you been- who like celebrity clamoring, actually. Mike Ganter, uh, everyone's favorite Gumby. We were chatting at a game one time. He's like, you should have Ashley on more. Ashley's great. So the, this is Mike Ganter uh, inspiring. I would have asked you back on it again anyway. But uh, he, he was, I think, the highest profile person who was Little clamoring for your return. Yeah, I'm very glad you're here, though, Ashley. It's uh, it's lovely to have you back. Um, before we dive in here, I should tell everybody out there that today's episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions that you no longer want or need, and you can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. It's true, Bill. I'll have more on them a little bit later on. All right, Ashley, big takeaways. The Raptors, third win in a row. If you go back and remove the two fake games they played with uh, very depleted rosters last week that don't count, that Cavs game, take it off the board. The Sixers game was fun for Pascal and Pascal only. If you take those games out, they're 8-2 and in their last 10. Uh, it's pretty exciting stuff. And, and what were your big takeaways from this one? I think probably the place to begin is Fred Van Vliet. What were some of your impressions and observations of Fred Van Vliet as he put up 33 points in this one to go along with seven assists? Uh, only played three quarters as well as the Raptors got some much-needed fourth-quarter rest ahead of a back-to-back tomorrow. Thoughts on Fred and his wonderful performance, Ashley? Well, first of all, I didn't realize we were allowed to like take out just certain elements of history to just my podcast. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. In that case, I would like to um, ask that year twenty nine and twenty five be removed um, mm-hmm. for reasons that can be discussed later offline. Um, but when it came to Fred, listen. He's obviously just playing out of his mind. And the one thing about him in particular, and he's proven this time and time again, is if you give him an opportunity, he's going to take it. He doesn't need much of a green light to go. He's the kind of guy who's like, looks like he's racing off the line at a red light. He's not. He's just making sure that he hits the mark when he's supposed to. And that's what we're seeing here today. Obviously, the last five games, he's been on a roll. Five, six, seven, three-point shots. 30-point games, just a regular thing that he's had now. Um, Early in this game, I think, before he started hitting all the threes, which San Antonio decided that, hey, we're just not going to cover that. And it wasn't just Fred, (laughs) too. It was like quarter threes. It was Gary Trent Jr. on the right side of the floor, uh, very Mm -hmm. consistently, particularly in the first half. Um, But he was doing maybe some pick and rolls, some dribble handoffs, but keeping it and not really passing the ball around. It was like one-touch possessions, which didn't necessarily work out a ton. But once the ball started rotating and the team found a rhythm of course something that they've been out of for a little while um as you mentioned the aforementioned games where their roster was depleted so when they finally hit their stride against yeah like obviously not a great spurs team they Mm -hmm. did what they needed to do and isn't that the sign of a good team sean blasting guys that suck out of the gym yes the first half was close but then took care of business Mm mm-hmm 
Yeah, no, that's totally what you want to do. It's what the Raptors were kind of known for during their heyday, right? Is all these bad teams would come through and they would stand no chance because they would wipe them off the floor. And they did that with the Spurs tonight. No DeJounte Murray, obviously. Though it would have been fun to see him. He's cool and fun and is putting up hilarious numbers this year. But you play the team that's in front of you. And I mean, the Raptors have been on the receiving end of playing teams that were at way better states of health than they have been all season long. So it all comes out in the wash. Back to the point of uh, like just declaring things to be fake. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're really on the borderline of this season also being entirely fake with the number of absences and thus the Raptors continuing to be the real champions because the last two titles haven't been real either. Uh, that's just how I'm going. We're going for a full Propaganda. Olympic cycle. Yes. A full Olympic cycle of the really? Raptors being the, the champions. It's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> but on a more sort of serious huh? note, I think, like, the way Fred Van Vliet played, I mean, we've already been inundated with the All-Star stuff. Zach Lowe talked about him and actually picked him for his All-Star team on his podcast with Chris Herring yesterday. And I think that's kind of set off this avalanche of Fred Van Vliet All-Star support. All entirely deserved. He has the statistical output in addition to the sort of uh, the, the, the metrics that are a little bit more underlying. All completely paint him as one of the best players in the NBA this season. Certainly one of the best players in the Eastern Conference. And the thing that's kind of terrifying, Ashley, is that I feel like it's going to get easier for him and better for him. And we could see an even better version of Fred Van Vliet over the course of the next month here, presuming health stays for the Raptors, because think about what most possessions were for the Raptors to start the year. Is Fred Van Vliet kind of just like probing, sifting, running a handoff, like you mentioned, uh, you know, a lot of sort of one touch Fred Van Vliet possessions and he made it work. But now you've got Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam both kind of at their this playmaking height that has been just a delight to watch and they're even being empowered to do it more because they're essentially the backup point guards on this team now too but even when they're out there with fred like they are allowing fred to do the thing that's always been the thing he does best which is hang out off the ball have yeah. insane gravity and knock down threes when they come to him you know the very best version of fred van vliet that we all remember is the playoffs late in 2019 when he gets goes to that insane heater all of it is because he's roaming off ball and is relocating and doing his thing. And now he gets to do that more often. And now it's like this combo where, you know, I think in the past there was this sort of compulsion among Raptors fans to want to see Fred off the ball all the time. Let Larry run the offense. Let Pascal run the offense. Keep Fred in the corner and just have him hit threes. That's what he's good at. Well, now he can do the on-ball thing, too. He's got the mid-range game. He's finished around the basket way mm -hmm. better this season. Uh, you know, he's got all these sort of, like, weirdo finishes because he's kind of pulling out of his ass that have been uh, pretty <laughs> regular. We saw a few of them again tonight. And it's just, at some point, you have to accept that's just maybe the new reality. The mid-range shooting is not dipping down whatsoever. And now, so he's got this whole bag where he can be the on-ball guy who's initiating possessions and scoring out of it. But now... He doesn't have to do that all the time. So he's freed up to play more sort of free safety style defense. He's got more energy. You don't feel like you're burning him down by playing him 44 insane minutes every night. It's just a really good spot for the Raptors to be with Fred Van Vliet. Like, do you have any thoughts on the sort of unleashing of Fred Van Vliet as an off-ball weapon? Kind of for the first time that he's been allowed to do it in full all season? Well, if you're very much online, particularly Instagram. Can't, I, particularly, I've never been that. I'm not online at all, actually. No. TikTok, there's like a common phrase that women use a lot to talk about men who aren't treating you appropriately. If he wanted to, he would. Right. And the main genesis of that is saying, listen, 
be about it. Don't just talk about it. And I think what we're seeing is the unraveling of Fred Van Vliet being about the things that he talks about as well, right? Mm -hmm. Being a professional, being prepared, making sure that you're expanding your game where you can, making sure that you're taking care of weaknesses so other people can't exploit them, whether that's in a team construct or personally. We know he works hard. We know he's been given this opportunity and he's not going to let it go, as I mentioned when I was talking about All-Star as well. But he also takes his position as the leader and the grumpy old man of this team very <laughs> seriously. Fred Van Bleet has aspirations above being an NBA champion. I think this guy can GM a team one day, honest to God. He could be part owner if he wants to. Like, I feel like the sky is the limit, whatever he wants to do. And so what we're seeing right now is Fred Van Bleet proving that he wanted to, so he did. Oh, mm -hmm. I can't score in the paint? Bet. As you said, just like <laughs> random shit that just happens to work, but whatever, it counts, right? Okay, mm -hmm. I'm going to be getting assists as well because now I'm knocking down shots. So when people try and chase me off the line, I can swiftly find the open man because my basketball IQ is so high. So I already know where I'm going to pass it before you come out and challenge my outside shot. Great. And listen, I didn't necessarily, I don't really love Pascal Siakam as a point guard, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. I don't necessarily hater 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 a little bit I don't necessarily think he's at his best I believe he can he can take people off the dribble for sure but I like him doing that off of a swing on mm. a sweep through to get some steam ahead then maybe sure. you dump it off then maybe you pass it you can still utilize those point guard dribble one-on-one -on -one skills off the ball a little bit but sure. whatever, if he's going to cross the, the timeline and then pass it to the wing and then go screen, away, I don't give a shit. But in terms of like actually being the point guard, I don't really love that for him. I think Scotty, I really like that part of his game in particular. I think he's mm -hmm. suited really well for it. But listen, the, they have tools. And that's the exciting thing is that if they use them appropriately and they decide that, hey, we're going to actually try and salvage the season as best as we can they could be a sneaky pick and they're not a team you necessarily want to play in the first round of the playoffs because they have three guys who have been through the trenches and got to the promised land. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I think it's undeniable at this point that like the fully healthy version of this team is a good team. How good? I don't know. We'll see, but like, they're not tanking. They're not like, I think going to mm -hmm. be toiling away in like an 11 seed, hoping they can get the 10. Like they're going to be in the play. And I, I feel pretty good about that right now i can stamp that you heard it here first they're gonna be at least a play-in team like this is just a good team like they're they have a lot of good players and now they're like their attack on offense is diversified enough too right like mm -hmm. you can do the fred running you know running the, the typical offense like he would as a traditional point guard you can do scotty you can do siakam you can run all this like bizarro stuff they've been running yeah. in addition to your really deadly transition attack and, and like there's just like it, it's kind of this like is it gonna be like a section of dueling isos or is it going to be a 20 second possession where they throw nine brilliant passes and they get like a wide open gary trent three all of it's on the table now mm -hmm. and with the way they're playing like yeah i think for sure like the, the whole idea that this is not a good team is well behind us like this is a good team we're just not exactly sure how good yet but i, I i'm pretty damn encouraged by where things are at um we're going to continue on here ashley talk about some of the the interesting moments of this game i think nick nurse kind of had some fun with his rotations in this one we'll dig into that a little bit and also probably talk about scotty barnes who almost had a triple double uh, even though it was maybe his worst game of the season in a lot of ways so we'll get to that in a second here but first i want to tell everybody about our friends over at true bill who are saving you money because they're helping you cancel and get out of the subscriptions that you no longer want to be 
a party to and you're paying money that you don't want to be paying. Well, guess what? Truebill is here to cut through all the complexity and the difficulty that it is sometimes canceling these things or even remembering that you have them to cancel. And Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there to help you cancel unwanted subscriptions as well. So you don't have to. I do this all the time. I've told you about it. I've signed up for stupid things like e-card websites. I continue to you know, pay Adobe a lot of money for things I don't even know what I'm using anymore. It's, a, it's ridiculous. And Truebill has helped me stop paying for those things. I highly recommend you check them out. Truebill has over 2 million users and has helped them save over $100 million worldwide. It is uh, super, super easy. I highly recommend. There's like Matthew, for example. User Matthew says in a matter of seconds, he saved 660 bucks for the year on his DirecTV bill. He saved 120 for the year on Sirius XM and saved 840 a year on car, car insurance. That's incredible. You have to get Truebill. It's going to save you money and kind of remind you of these subscriptions and things you're paying for that you don't even remember. So go right now to Truebill.com slash LockedInNBA. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA could save you thousands. That's Truebill, T R U E B I L L dot com slash locked on NBA. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax, make your moves They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Matthew's got money. Serious. Matthew's got some Serious bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another guy who's got some bucks uh, or will have some bucks at some point. Uh, or I, I guess he's very well paid as the, his job right now is Nick Nurse, Ashley, as we continue on here with your first listen of the day. On Lockdown Raptors, uh, Nick Nurse had some fun in this one. Uh, you know, he continues to start the small ball starting five. We call it small ball. Everyone's huge. Then the bench comes in and it's like, oh, look how big they are. And it's like they're all the same size. Size is a construct is what I'm saying. It's fake on this Raptors team. And it's hilarious to watch people like bend themselves into shape to figure out what the hell they're doing. Just embrace it all. Chris Boucher is the point guard. Who's to say? I don't, I don't care. Either way, we saw some interesting lineups tonight, uh, Ashley, in addition to that starting five. By the way, that starting five now, 66 total minutes together, 107.2 offensive rating, 100.7 defensive rating, plus 6.5. Obviously still small sample feeder, but I'm probably going to update the number for that lineup basically every episode going forward here because it's very important to the overall health of this Raptors team. Apparently, also too important to the health of Nick Nurse and this Raptors team is not playing anybody under six foot six. Uh, of course, no Yuta Watanabe or Svi Mihailuk in this game. And I thought, mm-hmm. hey, they're, they're, those, that's some wing and shooting minutes that are going to be vacated there. Maybe they go with Malachi Flynn in this one. Finally get Malachi Flynn some run in the backcourt as an off-ball guard, as an on-ball guard. Who cares? And he does not play in this one because Nick Nurse has a you must be this tall to ride sign. And it's like a six foot six cutoff. And so we saw Justin Champagne get lots of run Four regularly used bench players tonight. You could all you could consider all of them small ball fives if you wanted to. You got Ken Birch, Chris Boucher. 
pressures that you had Justin Champagne, the four rotation guys off the bench. They went huge in some in-between lineups with uh, Siakam, Ananobi, Barnes, Achua, and Boucher. That was a fun look. You know, we'll see if that's one that holds up for a long time. But Ashley, we're mm-hmm. now a few games into kind of seeing the vision of this Raptors team, which is everyone is tall and long. No one is short except for Fred, who is, of course, taller than he uh, sort of projects himself to be. Uh, what are your impressions of this sort of positionless bizarro basketball, this future basketball we're seeing? And do you hope to see it continue going forward here with guys like Champagny maybe getting calls ahead of sort of more traditionally sized players like poor, poor Malachi Flynn? Nick Nurse actually has my sign that he's using. He has it in the locker room. Like, <laughs> no one over six foot can ride this ride. Like, we are actually, like, aligned on that, myself and Nick Nurse. But I think it's okay. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I'm just trying to move on, and you're losing your mind. Carry on. <laughs> Took me a it second. What it, is. It, hit. it hit. It's funny. All right. Carry on. <laughs> Nick Nurse. Okay. So the positionless lineup is okay until Mm -hmm. it's not. And that sounds obviously like a very simple thing and obvious thing to say. But what I mean by that is it's good until you need specialists. It's good until you need people to pull back their role of just kind of doing everything and need them to specialize in something in particular, right? Do I need rebounding tonight? Sure. Is Ken Birch going to know that tonight? I don't give a shit what he does, except I need him to get on that glass. Okay, fine. Perfect. Chris Boucher is probably a better example of that. You can do a ton of different things, but tonight I need you to do this. And so can they adapt from kind of having a free for all, just smorgasbord of whatever they want to do on the floor to tailor it more in a high pressure game, like a playing game, like the playoffs, like a game that's going to get you to the sixth seed versus something else. Right. So Mm -hmm. Positionless basketball is good. It's exciting. With the right matchup, it can be very, very dangerous if you're able to exploit a number of weaknesses from other teams who don't have the speed or the size because the Raptors still have the defenders despite the size, which is a benefit for them. But when it comes down to it, can people pull back, rein it in, and not try and do too much when positions are valuable? Yeah, I think like that specific lineup I pointed out, the the Ananobi, Siakam, Barnes, Achua, Boucher one, like, yeah, that's probably not one I'm like, yes, playoff time, no, roll no. out there. Because like, theme, though. yeah, it's more, yeah, like that that one is more of a, you know, okay, it's the Spurs on a January Tuesday. Let's see how this that's works and see like how it all comes together. That's like the line. That's like, the <laughs> that's like, you know what, we're going to do whatever except play Malachi, which I really feel yeah. bad for him, honestly, because- He did nothing but really show up on a number of occasions last year. I thought he played well. And then this year he just fell out of favor and that's the break sometimes, but I do feel for him. I do too. It's weird. Cause like every time he seems to get a shot, I'm like, all right, Malachi, let's go. And he does some good things. He was doing that thing earlier in the season where, like, basically every game he was snatching a defensive rebound from the hands of a big man who just grabbed one. Um, oh. like, And, you know, getting a new possession out of it and all that stuff. He was doing that kind, of, that kind of grimy stuff. But the thing with Malachi Flynn is that, like, his play style, the grimy stuff is nice. But, like, he just has to, like, make shots to really kind of lean into what he is going to be good at in the NBA. Cause like, he's not big enough to be a truly impactful defender possession by possession outside of those sort of big plays he makes. And he just, 
I totally understand why Nick Nurse is sort of like, you know what? We have this vision for this team. When Malachi Flynn comes in, he's not like going above and beyond yeah. and making it so I have to play this guy. It's not like Fred Van Vliet, right? Like, I bet if you asked Nick Nurse, he would say, I wish Fred Van Vliet were six foot nine. If that were the case, he'd be the best player alive, probably. But like, he's he does so much that it doesn't matter that he's six feet tall. With Malachi Flynn, I feel like with the sort of vision for this team, he has to perform so far above and beyond for mm-hmm. him to really make sense within what they're going to do and to make those sacrifices on the defensive end and whatnot, that it's just, I totally understand why at this point he seems to be the odd man out. And we'll get to a, the guy who subbed in for him and, and took up the minutes I thought he might get in this game in the due to the game coming up in a bit here. But that's an interesting little wrinkle. You know, for me, I, I'm just, I'm very, very happy to see that the vision is kind of coming together here. And ultimately, I think, you know, Yuta Watanabe is going to be a big part of these sort of positionless lineups, more so yeah. than a Boucher or a Chua, I think. Like, I think you could easily see a Barnes, Siakam, Ananobi, Yuta, insert whatever player here, whether it's Trent, maybe Van Vliet, whatever, as yeah. sort of a closing lineup in a lot of games. Um, you know, it, it's... I will say this. Let me ask you this. You know, this has been this sort of concern for Raptors fans you know, since the start of last year, frankly, is the lack of a center. I feel like I'm feeling that less than I ever have. You know, yes, they don't have a traditional seven footer. Yes, Jakob Pertl kind of ate tonight, and it was like, oh, that'd be nice if he was on the Raptors. He's so fun. How do you get? How do you get him back? Um, but like, I just feel like there's no need to worry about the center sp- position right now. Pascal's rebounding his ass off. Uh, they're just they're big everywhere. They're making up for size at positions where they're bigger than the other team, even when they're smaller in the front court than other teams are. Like, are, are you kind of at the point where you're at peace with the lack of a center now that you're kind of no. seeing how big this team can be? No, really? No. <laughs> what the fuck? No. No. Do you remember Daniel? Because I very much am okay not having a center right now, but carry on. Oh, my God. No, because you you just need you need an answer right? And that's the thing. It doesn't necessarily have to be somebody that eats a ton of minutes, but you need an answer. Like, who was it? Uh, Daniel. Daniel from the Boston Celtics. You remember him? Daniel Tice, yeah. Oh, by the way, six foot eight was the same height as all the other Raptors defenders. But, like, really played, (laughs) like, a post. Like, really played, like, a big, like, eight up the Raptors last season. Like, was a nightmare. So, the only problem that I have is that I just... It makes me nervous when you run into the wrong matchup that you're going to be screwed. And so like everything in the NBA, you do need a little sprinkle of luck if you're going to make it to the promised land or make it to anywhere significant in the postseason. But you draw a bad matchup with a really significant center who has no problem backing you down into the paint, unless your defense is going to be on just the most pristine rotation possible for the entire game, you're going to be screwed. And I'm not talking about necessarily like a Jokic or something like that because everyone screwed when they played him like but you not see og what- baby not og <laughs> but he's passing though you better be on your rotations yeah so you run into like a joel and beat or something like that and he decides that he's going to eat that night like you're kind of at at at, uh, at his mercy but the one thing that i will say is that we have seen time and time again and it makes me a little less worried about the center position is that not necessarily one guy is going to beat you And we've seen that from a ton of teams where they have one person who's going to go off for 50, James Harden goes off for 57,000 points, loses. So it does take more than one guy, but it just makes me nervous that it's a position that can be exploited with the wrong matchup. My counter to that is one, I mean, they've had success against guys like Embiid without 
bigs in the last couple of years. So there's that. And, and like they seem to have figured out the, you know, double and recover type situation. And yes, that requires 48 minutes of extreme attention. If you're in a playoff series and you don't have 48 minutes of extreme attention to ex- execute your rotations, I mean, that, that that's that 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 feels like you maybe you're ill prepared for the playoffs. But my other sort of thinking with this, and I've mentioned this a few times on the show, and I'm curious what you think, is they're not at a point right now where that matters to me. Like if they make the playoffs, if they make <laughs> the playoffs, and, about it. Well, well, here's the thing. If they make the playoffs and take on the Sixers this year, I don't think anyone's expecting them to win that playoff series. Right. And if they lose, it's like, Oh, well, this was an awesome season. They went to the playoffs. They took on the Sixers. Like they're ahead of schedule already for well, where they're, they're supposed expecting to be. To win. Sure. That's fair. But I would say internally, like I, I feel like the sort of, the word from the, the up high has been, hey, you know, we want Scotty to get as much reps as he can. And they're going to there's going to be a focus on development in addition to winning. And that's kind of been the MO for most of the last decade. And it's turned into pretty good things. But I, I just think, yes, at some point they'll have to go get a center who can be a matchup counter to specific guys. But that's like a problem when you're at the point they were in 2019, which is, all right, we're a title team. Let's go. We got to do this. We got to get all these different sort of contingencies for all these different matchups. Right now, like, I don't think they're in a position where they need to be worrying about specific matchups and players to be geared up for those. And I think it's about figuring out, all right, what are the limitations of this insane basketball we're playing? What are the limitations of playing without a traditional center? And by the way, Ken Birch is playing pretty reasonable and he is a center as well to me. I don't think he plays any other position. So, I mean, maybe he's your Daniel Tice, but like, does that make... Like, does that hold any merit to you? The idea that, like, they're just not at a point right now where they need to care about the center position and they can figure out what this weirdo crew of dudes they have is now and then get the center thing sorted out later. I guess it depends on the perspective that you're looking at it from. Sure. So, from like, a, again, you mentioned like a high level front office perspective. Sure. I think there is value in saying, let's see what we can roll out, see where people can kind of crack holes in our armor, and then we can address it at that stage. Yes. But from a player perspective, I don't think that you take people who have a title, OG, Pascal, Fred, and say, don't worry about it this year, though, guys. It'll be fine because sure. they know how tough it is to get there. And I'm sure after they won, they talked to a number of their friends in and around the NBA who are like, oh, man, I've been playing for X amount of years. Never been to a final. Oh, I've been playing for even more than that. Never got a crack at the Eastern final, the Western final. So in theory, yes, from a team building perspective, sure. But if I'm the players and I've already kind of tasted what it's like to get there, there is no sitting there being like, oh, this isn't our year necessarily. They believe in themselves. They believe in the guys that they have on the floor and they can look and realistically, someone like Fred is going to look and be like, if we want to get there, it's going to be tough. We don't have Kawhi Leonard with us anymore. We don't have a Kyle Lowry with us anymore, but their expectations are still to win. Their expectations yeah. are still to look at the person who's going man up on them and being like, I'm going to kill you tonight. You can't guard <laughs> me. And so it just depends on where you're looking at it from. So all the things you're saying, valid, and I'm sure that's what's happening on a high level, but from on the court perspective, I don't think they're saying there and saying, oh, well, whatever, if we don't make it into the postseason, that's cool. I'll enjoy a longer summer. Like, I don't think that's a narrative. <laughs> That's totally fair. That is, uh, you know, the thing that we often kind of miss from this whole, you know, behind the microphone situation is how are the players actually feeling about all of this, which well taken point, Ashley, Uh, we're going to continue on here uh, with the dude of the game to close out the show. 
uh, and, and round things out. And I told you I only had one ad read before the show, Ashley. I lied. I have two more to get to here. So we will be <laughs> get back to that in a sec here. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar who are making the best tasting protein bars in the world. And right now, you might be looking to wean yourself off of all the garbage you ate over the last couple weeks. I know I am. I'm like scratching my like like scabs worried about, oh my God, I'm all out of chocolate in my stocking. It's unbelievable. Well, guess what? I have the beautiful Built Bar to fall back on, and it is delicious, and they have amazing flavors for you to try out. They all contain somewhere around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, give or take, and 17 grams of protein as a rule. Compare that as a, to a candy bar, which has a usually 240 or more calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And let me tell you, Built Bars taste just like a candy bar. They are Really, really freaking delicious, and they have tons of flavors for you to try out. So even if you don't like one, there's going to be one that you like. They have all sorts of different flavors and textures and all that. I highly recommend mint brownie. That has really helped me uh, ease myself off of the misty mints and after rates and other things I've been eating like a monster over the last little while here. So go and uh, do this as well. A little tip. Take your Built Bars and put them in all the places where you had stashes of candy during the holidays. Replace all that crap. Get the bad stuff out of there. Or if you're like me, you ate it all on Sunday night saying, all right, once it's gone, it's out of the house and I don't have to think about it anymore. I did that. I'm a monster. But Built Bar has helped me get back to not being so much of a monster. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. This is promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com for 15% off. And today's show is brought to you by our pals over at betonline.ag. You've got you covered all season long for with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As the football continues to march towards the playoffs, you get the college bowl season and I think the national championship coming up soon here. I'm not a college football person, but if you are, BetOnline has you covered. They remain your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait and take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports head over there right now bet online is where the game starts all right ashley running a little bit long here but we had a good philosophical conversation about team building which i think was great and honestly after a game against the spurs where they won by 25 and the final quarter was garbage time it's fun to have a bigger picture conversation than, uh, you know, X's and O's of a specific game. Either way, back to the specific game where we dive into the dude of the game, the segment everybody's talking about, the guy on the Raptors who did some good stuff, wasn't necessarily a star in the game, but was important nonetheless. And Ashley, you have chosen the dude of the game before coming on air. Who you got this time around? Justin Champagne! Justin Woo! Champagne! Woo! Dude of the game! So obviously he was shooting 100% and we're not going to talk about his last miss of the game. It doesn't count. It was irrelevant. Someone yelled, shoot from the stands and he felt pressure. So we're yeah, not... Yeah, it's like the game against the Sixers and Cavs last week. Fake. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. Nothing. <laughs> like the no. Lakers title. Just yeah, it doesn't matter. count. We're not, and we're not counting. <laughs> and we're also not counting two of Fred's three-point attempts also, but that's Besides yeah, the, yeah. The <laughs> it was actually seven of twelve tonight, not seven of fourteen. Um, but yeah. So 
You know, I think that Justin had a few lapses on the defensive end that I noticed. He got backdoor cut one time, and then he was nowhere to be found on help side on one opportunity that when someone else got backdoor cut. But offensively, he was resilient. He bounced back. When he got his shots, he knocked them down, something that we know Nick Nurse values because if you're not going to be one of the main guys, what you have to do is take advantage of the chances that you're given. And so I think Champagne has stepped in and done that on a few occasions. We've seen him and we're like, oh, yeah, this kid, this kid's all right. So as long as you're not making NBA Twitter and Raptors Twitter hate you, like I think you have always <laughs> the opportunity to be a dude of the game. If anything, Justin Champagne feels like he's ingratiating himself with like the nerdier factions of basketball internet, myself included. I, I know our pal Samson Boat from Raptors Republic tweeted this uh, tonight as well about how he's just so damn fundamentally sound and has never stood in the wrong spot. And he's damn right. I, I tweeted tonight that he is part of the knows where to stand all-stars. He's the captain of the knows where to stand all-stars. It's a little secret art of basketball. It's just not standing in the wrong place. And Champagne seems to be in the right place. Every single time, even in garbage time, when I think Precious Achua was going up for a layup attempt, he missed it. Champagne right there to tap it back in. He's just uh, really, really aware. Great nose for the offensive glass. And the fact that he's like hitting threes now. Mm -hmm. All right. I mean, it's one game. (laughs) I know we had a couple in the last game as well. You know, who's to say how real it all is? He was never much of a three-point shooter in college or anything like that. But if that's a thing he's adding to his repertoire, I mean kind of changes the game because he's a six foot six dude who rebounds well above his size and can play like a small ball four or a small ball five. And if yeah. he's going to hit threes. I mean, that, that totally changes the calculation for a coach when you're like, all right, do I put champagne in? Oh yeah. He can do all these things and is always in the right spot. Mm-hmm. Of course I'm going to put this guy in. And especially on a team that has a lot of guys with like, you know, they need higher usage. You know, you want to have Siakam and Fred and OG shooting a lot. Scotty Barnes is being like bullied into shooting more by Nick nurse. It's important to have guys who can just be low leverage dudes who can just kind of tap it in when they have to. And Ken Birch is that in a lot of ways. And it seems as though that uh, Justin Champagne is kind of going along that track as well. It's really exciting stuff. I I mean, in terms of, like I mentioned, the four different bench guys who came in today, all forwards or centers. Do you think beyond the time where Utah and Sfi are out that there is maybe some room here for Champagne to squeeze one of these guys out? And in particular, I mean, Boucher's been really good lately. He was pretty solid tonight, even though it was a low offensive night for him. He he had a pretty reasonable sort of energy game and didn't do anything terribly wrong. But do you think just like the reliability and the sort of knowing where to stand of Justin Champagne could eventually bump a guy like Boucher or even Achua out of the rotation as the season progresses here? Well, I was going to say this is going to be like, I think, a weird kind of take on it. I think that like Banton actually could be somebody who gets could. could, I I think he has value and I think his skill set is really strong. And I think that the way he flashes to the basket and the way he takes off is explosive and he's just so slinky. He's able to kind of get in the mix. But if you're talking about what we did before, Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes playing the point guard position, that's what Banton does. So unless Nick is going to move 
move him to the small forward, which is where Champagny was playing today, and that's mm -hmm. his natural position at 6'6", six, six, I think that they could clash together. And if you're saying that Banton has skills that correlate more with the guys that I just mentioned, and Champagny has maybe a nose for the offensive glass, as you mentioned, or being in the right position, that diversity just could make Nick Nurse's wheels turn a little bit. But regardless, the Raptors do need their bench to find a little bit of a light. Utah obviously is going to be a spark plug no matter what, whether he's getting bodied and postered or knocking down threes. <laughs> he's coming in the game and he's giving you something to talk about. So where else is it coming from? Because we know that the Raptors aren't going to play 10, 12 guys, obviously, if they get into the playoffs or a play-in or something like that, or even battling for a postseason ranking spot. Mm. I don't know why I said ranking spot. That's so weird. Um, but <laughs> 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 never watched basketball. Or I liked the basket hoops and uh, watching the... That was tough. That was, I didn't love that for me. Um <laughs> but I got to say something before someone else does, you know, the, the M&M. Yeah, thing. yeah. It's the eight-mile eight uh, mile thing. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so if they're <laughs> battling for position in the standings, you need to know who to go to on your bench. You need to mm -hmm. know who your six, seven, and eight are specifically. So if it's going to be Utah and it's going to be Sfi if he's knocking down some shots, okay, it's going to be a big – so. Maybe Cam, because Chris Boucher has been like really hot and cold this season. Who's like the one last guy? You know, who's Chua, right? A like, yeah, right now for but, sure. But like, yeah. also, like, who knows? COVID protocol, all the things. So there, there just needs to be a little bit more light on the bench and like who's going to shine. And, and maybe it's someone like Champagne. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not exactly sure of the status of his 50 days, although I guess the 50 days is kind of at the window this season. I don't really know what the G League rules are at the moment. That's apologies for that. But, like, Everything's you know, he's a two-way guy. He's not on a full NBA deal or anything like that. But, you know, he projects as someone, like, you know, they've they've taken these shots in recent years on guys yeah. like Dewan Hernandez or Jalen Harris or whoever, and those guys have worked out to varying degrees, if not at all. Uh, and so, you know... Maybe this is one of those guys where they hit, and it's like a guy they can kind of continue to mold, and maybe they view. Or maybe that, it's nothing. You know, also, that <laughs> yeah, right, like it's. Or also, it's the Spurs. <laughs> so maybe. Uh, also, it could be the Spurs. You're totally right. <laughs> like it, it's. I think it's worth noting though, because he does seem to do yeah. a lot of things that Nick Nurse wants to do, and the fact that he played ahead of Flynn tonight and Banton. Although I, I think I agree with you on Banton, and honestly, like send him to the 905 whenever they're done their COVID hell, right? Like uh, I think yeah. Banton just kind of getting those reps down there will be super valuable for him for um sure. it's what flynn didn't get last year frankly and so yeah i i think look champagne's probably not going to factor into the long-term plans in terms of like deep rotation or like top of the rotation you know early guy off the bench no. as you get to the postseason but like maybe he does like <laughs> and not, but what i mean long term i mean like in deeper into this season like yeah, beyond yeah. the season of course like he seems like he could be a rotation guy, no problem at all. But as far as this season, it might be a little bit too soon. There's a lot of guys in that front court, but it's being opened up. The opportunity is at least by the fact that they are playing two of their forwards as point guards for, you know, 20 minutes a game. And that is, I think, going to, um, you know, just kind of change the dynamic of the second unit a little bit and make it so nursing get a little bit weirder there with guys like Champagne maybe kind of slotting in ahead of a guy like Flynn because he fits what they want to do with the vision. Either way, Ashley, we have gone a long time on Justin Champagne, which is cool. Yeah. He's, he's deserved, but we should wrap up the show because we've gone yeah. long overall because I could talk to you forever and I have a great time having you on the show. We'll have to do it again soon. But in the meantime, before we yes. wrap up, anything you would like to promote for the people out there? 
Um, I mean, I do, I have some projects that I'm working on. I can't really talk about them yet. So it's more oh. like a stay tuned kind of thing. Oh. So follow me on all my socials, SmartAsh on Twitter, my name, Ashley Docking on Instagram. And uh, yeah, we'll see in just a little bit. That's very exciting. I, uh, I'm i thrilled to see what's going on. I'm going to ask you about this after we're done recording, and we'll see if you can tell me. Maybe not. Either way, thank you for being on the show. You'll find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can subscribe to, rate, review, all that good stuff wherever you get your podcast. It's always very appreciated when you support the show. Love it. Uh, and, of course, when you go on YouTube as well, you can hit that big red subscribe button and help us out. It is also very appreciated when you do that uh thank you as always for making us your first listen of the day go make your second listen of the day locked on bets as your boy q and lee sterling are helping you cut through all the noise of the covid ridden sports landscape landscape right now they're still helping you win money so go listen to locked on bets if you are gambling inclined they are very very good at what they do over there and we will be back again tomorrow to talk about raptors bucks with another episode of locked on raptors until then bye bye Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.